Good morning, good morning, good morning. How are you, my friend? How are you, my friend? Welcome. This is the Breakfast with Champions podcast, one of the most unique, amazing, and powerful podcasts you'll ever come across in your entire life. Listen, we bring you motivation, education, and inspiration, and ultimately give you an opportunity to get a seat at the table, to hang out with some of those that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. What makes this podcast so unique and incredible is we have over a hundred different thought leaders that are constantly delivering amazing, over-the-top, powerful, and impactful content in bite-sized nuggets that you can absorb, take action on, and implement in your life. So with that said, make sure you filter through. There's going to be some of these thought leaders, these experts in their industries that you're ultimately gonna connect with. You're gonna totally, totally resonate. It's gonna totally be your vibe. And then there's gonna be other ones that you're gonna be like, eh, you know what? I like them, but I don't know if I love them. And that's what's great about Breakfast with Champions is we have something for everyone. So make sure you sift through, find the ones that you love, and know that they'll be coming back every single week to be able to deliver to you the motivation and education and inspiration that you need. With that said, my name is Glenn Lundy. I am your host. Super excited to connect with you. And let's kick off today's episode of Breakfast with Champions. We're going we're gonna to dive right in because that's what we do. We've got 30 minutes. And I don't want to waste your time and I don't want to waste my time because we're talking about stewardship today. If you've been listening in to uh, what Glenn has been talking about early in the mornings with Rise and Grind and then the lead in to the Breakfast with Champions format, he's been talking about the 67 day challenge and, and stewardship is something that keeps coming up over and over again as we lean in to the Grow for God conference on November 5th through the 7th. And um, so I thought maybe with a Wealth and Health Wednesday, as we kind of wrap this sort of portion of the segment and lead into the social media sh show, which is another show of great voices. Uh, man, I'm, I'm chock full of vocal insecurity today. Um, I wanted to maybe help us understand a little bit of what stewardship really means. And here's why. I think this, this quote is so good. Randy Alcorn says, what you do with your resources in this life is your autobiography. What you do with your resources in this life is your autobiography. And for me, this, this journey of stewardship began in college. Uh, I have a couple degrees. I have a degree in religion and a degree in philosophy, which has been really, really beneficial for my company that is in branding and marketing. Um, you know, whatever. Uh, college. Um, I was confronted with the idea of stewardship pretty quickly because it's not necessarily an economical term and it's not necessarily a, a personal term and it's not exclusive to, based on the religion that I was studying, it's not exclusive to Christianity, it's not exclusive to things that are Judeo-Christian, it's not even exclusive to the Islamic faith, although stewardship does exist in all three of those religions, stewardship in and of itself is not exclusively religious. So naturally, as I get better at the rise part of rise and grind, I get confronted again with stewardship and I hear it again from the biblical perspective. And if you know my background, I used to be a pastor. And so it's something that I'm very comfortable with. But if you know me currently, 
you know that my actual job, my whole career, whether I'm speaking on stages, talking to teams, coaching businesses and business leaders, or actually doing the branding and marketing of a business, my whole job is not thinking exclusively about what you as the as the creator of the idea want want things to be said, how you want things to be said, but I think about what that ideal client persona is thinking, right? That's I think about other people all the time. If you sell bar stools or if you sell Mercedes Benz, I'm thinking about the person that you want to buy it. And so today I was thinking, well, a week and a half ago, I was thinking about these notes that we're about to unpack right now and thinking, man, what about the person who has no idea what stewardship is? What about the person who loves Rise and Grind, loves Breakfast with Champions, but doesn't have a New Testament handy? What about the person who really, really caught on to Glenn Lundy through the automotive world? And, and it's not exclusively through his deep and very sincere faith. What if someone's ready to man, grow, grow for God and they're signed up in November, but they don't know stewardship? So since stewardship is popping up and this is Wealth and Health Wednesday and I am a business owner, I'm an entrepreneur, I have employees, I have contractors, I'm a dad, I'm a husband, I am a man of faith, but I really have a passion for people who didn't grow up the way I did or see things how I see them. Here are three fundamentals to stewardship. First and foremost, stewardship is ownership, not membership. Stewardship is ownership, not membership. Anyone can attend. I need an email address to be able to sign up. When the petition comes around, I just sign my name. If I say something you think is clever right now, it takes your finger to clap the mic icon. And anyone can give lip service to a company or a cause. We get paid regardless of whether or not we own a thing. Ownership requires two components. First and foremost, you need to own the vision, mission, service of your team, consumers, partners, etc. See, because we have this really weird tendency to think of ownership as like the seagulls in Finding Nemo, the mine, 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 mine. Like we see it and it belongs to me and I own it and it's mine and no one else can have it. And that is an awful def definition of ownership. That's an awful definition of ownership. I can guarantee you my wife and I don't view our kids through a lens of isolation. I own my children. I do not own my children, and I certainly don't own my children separate of my wife. And I don't own my children separate of our village, the neighbors that we have, the extended family that we're very fortunate to have, our church community, their best friends as they grow. I don't exclusively have rights to the future of my children. There are some of you here who have adult children, and you could tell very clear stories that that's not how ownership works. I don't own them as possessions. I own the opportunity I have entrusted to me to care for them. And today there are some of us who love our children and we hate our jobs. Or there's some of us who are like, man, we, we love Breakfast with Champions. We love to attend Breakfast with Champions. 
But if it's not serving me to the way that I think it needs to serve me, eh, I'm out. There are some of us who are not stewarding relationships and our careers. And maybe today it's simply because no one's told you that stewardship is ownership, not membership. So the first question I would ask myself is, do I own the vision, mission, service of the company, of the team that I work with, of the employees who work for me, of the employers who have enlisted my service, and the consumers who buy? Do I own the vision, mission, service, and products for all of those people? Because the second component of ownership is really, really interesting and kind of tricky, right? Because again, ownership is not things that I possess that are entirely my own. So if you were to ask Glenn who created Rise and Grind, who created Breakfast with Champions, does he want all, hold on, let me do a quick scroll, 333 people who are listening to this call, does he want you to own the vision? That would he wouldn't finish the sentence before the man would say yes. Of course he wants you to own the vision. Of course he does. He wants you to own the mission. He wants everybody to rise. What makes you think that the company that you're working at is not the exact same way? Here's the number one reason we don't trust our bosses. We don't know the origin story. We don't know the origin story. I remember in seminary, one of the funniest moments ever, because I grew up in church, um, have wonderful parents who raised me with a very kind of intentional but casual Christianity. Brad, this isn't going to be for everybody, but you are going to be for everybody was kind of the theme of the house that I grew up in. Um, I, I I could go on and on about how I grew up, and I'm very fortunate. We grew up really, really poor. We're not anymore. God is real good because my parents steward, were great stewards of the little they had. When they had one kid and no money, they were stewards. When they had two kids and a little bit of money, they were stewards. When they had two adult children and two fantastic careers, they were great stewards. And now that they have four grandchildren and they're both retired, they continue to be great stewards. So in seminary, when I heard the professor say, man, you know, you know, you want to know what makes the Bible such a well-written book, the canon, the order in which the Bible is delivered to us, why Genesis and the creation story make so much sense. Now you want to say it makes so much sense because it's chronological. But then right after you read Genesis, you realize really quickly the entire Old Testament, the entire New Testament is not chronological really even a little bit at all. So the chronology argument is lost. You start the book with creation because creation came first. No. In fact, I would argue creation didn't come first. That's a theological discussion. That'll probably be a different clubhouse room. But I would say that the, this professor said the reason the creation story, the creation narrative came first is because God knew it was important for you to be endeared to him so you could get his vision. So God created man, what? In his own image. He said, I want, I want all of mankind to know 
that they bear the image of God. And they need to know that first, like within six chapters. We'll skip over dinosaurs and how long a day is and and where did all the people come from after they all split up and how'd you get people on continents where the Old Testament never went. We're gonna skip all of those challenging narratives because the thing of greatest import is for the people of God to know they bear the image of God so that they will walk with God. God was stewarding from the beginning of the book. Isn't that clever? He was stewarding the vision because he doesn't want to be the sole proprietor of creation. He wants us to all own it. He wants us to all own it. And I can guarantee you that somewhere in your company, there's someone above you, if there's anyone above you, that has an origin story that would help you understand the company that you work for, the people that you work for. Now it is a branding misstep and mistake if that information is not readily available. That's on them. But what's on you is if you really wanna be a steward of the company that you've been entrusted to have a job at, learn something. Ask up, easy to complain up. Rare is the employee who asks up. I'll tell you guys a little interview trick because I interview people all the time. And when I ask them the series of questions I need, I'll always say, do you have any questions for me? And one of my most trusted staff members who I will never let go of barring something crazy, or if he elevates past me, you know, he laps me. Well, then he doesn't need me anymore. Right. But, He's on my team way before I checked his receipts because the first question he asked me was, Brad, why do you do this? Why do you do this this way? Can you explain all this to me? It sounds different. He was listening and wanted to know more because he wanted to be bought in before he was paid up. And I love it. I love it. So the two components of ownership are very simple. Do you you own the vision, mission, service of your team, consumers, and partners? And number two, do you honor the origin? Because ownership is not about possessing what's been made, but about appreciating the design, direction, and intention of what has been made and who made it. We are owning the vision, not attending a service. So if you're an owner right now, you live in a posture of service because you are all in. If you're a member, you live in a posture of being served. It's the difference between the person who works at the country club and the person who's paid for membership in the country club. The person at the country club knows how to repair the tennis court. The person who's paid for the membership knows when there's something wrong with it. And then they complain. Are we stewards maintaining the space and leading from the seats we've been given, or are we members complaining that the soup isn't hot enough? Well, I don't like where I sit on the stage. I don't like my seat at the table. I don't like that I've had this job for three years and I haven't moved up. I don't like this. I don't like that. 
or are you in it and helping elevate it? I've never seen a great steward get passed up for a promotion. And here's how, here's how I know that. The second point. So first, stewardship is ownership, not membership. Second, stewardship is accountability toward excellence, not a convergence of negativity. Accountability toward excellence, not convergence of negativity. So quick, quick little sidebar. If your circle, especially at work, bickers, complains, gossip, and demeans, you do not have accountability. You've got a mob mentality in an echo chamber. If your water cooler conversations require someone else be torn down, that's not accountability, friend. That's negativity. So stop saying you're lifting one another up when the vehicle of elevation requires someone else be taken down. That's not rising tides raise all ships. That's sinking ships to make mine look better. Now that said, true accountability sharpens and refines, protects and propels. Hear that again. True accountability sharpens, refines, protects and propels. When this segment ends, I know seven people that will tell me how I did. I could give you their names. I'm not going to. But if you look to my left on the screen, you can buy Rachel's new book, <laughs> Relatable, that came out. I'm holding it in my picture. Um, I think it's available back on Amazon. Uh, you should definitely buy Relatable. See what segue there? I don't think it was like a pro segue, but it was fun. No, that was that was that was pretty jagged. I, <laughs> jagged. So so. See what that was, guys? That was accountability. Brad, that was a terrible segue. Copy that. I do know seven people who will tell me how well I did, and there's more than that. There is. But I know right now I'm getting texts. I know right now I'm being lifted up, and then individually, almost to a person, if I misstep, if I say something false, if I run my mouth or run somebody down, or if I'm too negative or I'm too fluffy, they're going to tell me. Now, if Glenn or Sarah or other leaders here call me up as soon as this is over, it won't be about my speech patterns and my intonations and the level of my content. They own the vision for Breakfast with Champions. So they steward the vision of Breakfast with Champions. And they hold me accountable to my role in owning that vision as well. It doesn't make them any less my friends or any less viable in accountability, but because they are owners of the vision, the first component, when it comes to accountability, they are holding me accountable to the vision they are now stewarding as owners of it, as should all of you. All of you. All of you. I'm not speaking to the stage. I'm speaking to the room. Glenn created it. Sarah is running it, but we all own it. At least we should. Now, I, I own it as a segment host and a flag bearer for the brand. And while my rank is lower than some and maybe higher than others, they hold me accountable to my level of ownership, not what my fake business card reads. I don't need a title to be an owner. 
I don't need a show to be an owner. I don't need a segment to be an owner. This isn't everybody's gift. You may be sending me a message right now telling me it's not mine. That's fine. And proper accountability affirms stewardship. It elevates ownership. It endures correction, change, and refinement. Proper accountability affirms stewardship, which means it elevates ownership, endures correction, change, and refinement. Which leads to the last point. Stewardship is so rewarding. Stewardship is a job. It's a job that requires taking care of something, of someone within you and without you. Stewardship is hard. And it's more than saving things up or budgeting for something. It's more than training manuals and team building exercises. But if you are going to go headlong into stewardship to understand what it really means to own a thing, to be held accountable to a thing, the juice is worth the squeeze, my friends. Because if you're an employee, so that means right now you like, I would, this is just the picture in my head. You're sitting wherever it is that you sit with like your hand cupped over that one AirPod. You're trying not to show people that you're listening to. Or maybe you've got a lot, slightly more dope work environment and it's okay so long as the volume's not up. And however it is that you're listening to me right now, you've been entrusted with someone else's visions, passions, products, and services. Steward that. And if you're an entrepreneur and you're sitting in your home office or you've got that great Amazon, Apple, IBM mentality and you're in your garage somewhere, you're sitting at a card table trying to figure out how to make the thing, sell the thing, serve the thing, or find the people who are going to buy the thing. You are called to steward your own vision, passion, and products. And if you fail at stewarding as an entrepreneur, you're failing you. Do not fail at stewardship, entrepreneur. Because if I didn't own the vision of Spark Business Strategies, it would have failed. And even more so, if I didn't have the people along the way holding me accountable to a vision that I shared with them, I would have been lost. Now, if you're the CEO, the VP, someone's boss, you've been doubly entrusted. You have to steward the company's vision and mission while honoring everyone you've been entrusted to lead. You have a hard job. It's interesting. You can either be the employee with no one underneath you or the founder, president, CEO, owner, entrepreneur with everyone under you, or you're somewhere in the middle, which is probably just about everybody here. And you've been doubly entrusted. Now, a quick little aside. For those of you that hate your job, I've been there. And this would be my challenge. If you can honor and steward at a bad job in a hard season or from a low place, all you're doing right now is cultivating an amazing future for yourself 
and everyone you will be entrusted to lead. Everyone. And what a calling that is. But no matter who you are or where you're positioned, from the teenager to the grandparent, the college student to the retiree, your ability to steward your finances, relationships, and careers will be how people define your integrity, sincerity, and trajectory. Brad, how do I get up? Steward. Brad, how do I be seen as someone who is trustworthy? Steward. Brad, how do I make sure that my words matter? Steward. Steward with two cents because one day it will be $2. And if you don't have the integrity with the pennies, you will fail epically with the dollars. And I will end with this, give us a few minutes. And if no one has any comments, I'll just give a room reset and send it right over to the great people at the social media show. But the minute it occurs to money, people, and businesses that they are in good hands, they wanna stay and they wanna grow. So wherever you're at today, steward, steward well. And with that, I'll open the mics if anybody's got any comments. And if not, I'll do a room reset and send it right over. Brad, I say that you're awesome, even even with that jagged throw to my book. But uh, you know what, Brad, I, and I'm not saying this, uh, you know, being flippant, but every time you get on this stage and every time you open your mic, it is so relevant to so many different aspects. And you can talk about corporations, and you can talk about business and talk about teams, but everything you say also applies into families and personal lives and every element is just so awesome. And I texted you in the back where I was just, everything you say, it's so hard to multitask during your segments because your, your words are just so powerful. So if people are not uh, ringing the bell on your head, uh, which sounds aggressive and violent, but uh, they're, they're doing themselves a disservice because I am always impacted by your segment. So I just wanted to say thank you. Oh, I appreciate you, sis. Thank you so much. Huge fan of Rachel D'Alto. Solana, I see you on mic. Yes, Brad, that was totally awesome. Um, I was, when my son was a teenager and he was going through the little teenage part where I was wondering, have I done right by him? Like, I know I'm not perfect, but oh my God. And I went for a walk one day and it was so clear in my heart as I was walking. It's like, I, I am his parent. I am a steward and I'm... I'm accountable to the Lord for what it is that I do. And he himself, my son, is accountable to the Lord. He himself, as a steward to whatever the Lord um, gives him the dominion, right? And then for his father's sake, because we were going through a little bit of a hard time, right? That's between him and God. And when I knew that it was up to me to do my part as a child of God, to take ownership in a sense of taking dominion because that's what the Lord wants for us and do what we can with what we have and what they say, do the impossible 
do the possible and the Lord does the possible. So this message was totally awesome. And when we when we are in check with who we are, we rise because it's not our it's in him that we live and move and have our being. So thank you so much. And and like she said, every time you do a mic, I'm like, wow, that's so good. And it's so needed for such a time as this. So thank you all. I love you, champions. Be blessed. Thank you so much. And that brings us right to 11 o'clock. And man, I get jazzed when people stay on time. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.